You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Ain't No Seeds. All right, folks, what's good? Uh, another episode of Ain't No Seeds podcast. It is me and AB today, no B-turn. Uh, I think he'll be back later this week, maybe. I don't know. He's He's been doing his thing, so he may be back later. But me and AB are here today to... Uh, vibes are not where they were last week, AB. That is, that is for sure. And it certainly feels weird to come off a road loss at a top five team in the country a Texas, you know, bigger brand in college football. We're still 4-1. and one. We were in the game until the fourth quarter. But it feels weird to come away from that game feeling, I guess, down. But until we know more about Jalen, I just, this season feels like it just got a massive punch to the gut. It's a little bit like last year, kind of, in a way. What was, I mean, I'm sure we'll get into it, but I can't even explain to you the amount that came out of me, like, just, that's going to sound really wrong, but you you get what I mean, like, the feeling that came over me when Molly McGrath comes on screen and says, yeah, we got a little breaking news a few minutes ago, and uh, then she starts talking, I'm like, literally, this could be anything in the world, it could be KU-related, could be Texas-related, could be Alabama-related, I do not know. And, of course, it was Jalen wasn't starting and probably wasn't going to play. I think all of us knew that he probably wasn't coming back in when they said that. But it's it just sucks, man. It took every ounce of juice out of that game and a lot of the season, too. Because, like you said, Bean's a, you know we have a good backup quarterback situation with Jason Bean. But it's just it's not the same, man. It's a, it's a very different team no matter how talented he is. It was just so brutal because it was one of those days where you you wake up and you're thinking of the game and then you're you know you're you're watching game day, you're watching the early games and you're just so excited for the game. And the second we're ready to kick off. I mean, it was minutes before to just have that type of news and it yeah, it just totally ruined the excitement that I mean, we're it's a top 25 game. We're playing at Texas. It's an actual game that America cares about. And we'll see. I mean, at the end of the day, the best case scenario is obviously if Jalen comes back next week, then we lost to Texas. And we probably would have lost to Texas either way. We'll talk more about that. But it it does... I mean, back injuries are scary. Like, there's no doubt about it. Everyone knows... a. Everyone knows a guy, whether it's their dad, their uncle, a friend that had a back problem and just they, he can't get rid of it. It is you constantly hear the guy talk about how he pulled his back out again or how his back's all messed up like it. And then you throw in that this is a quarterback that's taking hits routinely, a guy that has already battled injuries. Um, it is terrifying because as we saw, Jalen Daniels is just a different level of talent than not only Jason Bean, but just a lot of other quarterbacks. Like, it's not against Jason Bean. We'll talk more about that. But, yeah, it it's scary. The back thing, the back thing is scary because it's even almost scarier, I think, like than an ankle. Or, I know legs are always concerning too, but an ankle you just know you're going to get over eventually. I feel like. But a back, it's like, 
Who knows? I don't know. I may be uh, calling myself out as being dumb or not connected at all, but is this related at all to his shoulder injury last year? Is it like upper back? I, I, I'm just asking the question. Oh, Nick said it's not. Okay. I yeah. just wanted to make sure that nothing happened like literally 12 months ago that is still causing him issues because I think that's even a bigger concern. Like, I, I don't know. It, it just sucks, man. It really does because it was starting to feel like, you know, last year, obviously JD got hurt, but the last thing any of us want is another. I mean, it's not the last thing. We'd be happy with six and six going to another bowl game, but we had expectations for the first time in 15 years, dude. Like, it's, it just sucks when it doesn't go to plan. And I was the biggest one. If this team was healthy, they're really fucking good at football. And it's yeah. just, Jalen hasn't played in 40% of our games. And that's great. One of them, you're going to win regardless. But still, it's the fact that he's, you know, I would say almost likely to be three in, three out for the first six games at UCF on Saturday. So I don't know, man. It's just sad. It's it's a little demoralizing. You're thrilled with where they've gotten to as a program, but when you see that kind of stuff happen again two years in a row, it just it really sucks. And it's just the it's the fact that as Kansas football fans, we are so accustomed to pain mm-hmm. <laughs> and just awful news time and time again, awful results. And so, like you said, that to have the momentum. You, you've got the top 25 matchup in Austin. You're being talked about on game day. Pat McAfee loves you. Like You're a story in college football for the second straight season. And again, you're now heading into week six with question marks on if your elite quarterback is going to play another game this season. Now, I think we probably could look back on these first five minutes here and think and say, hey, we were being kind of dramatic, right? I think... Uh, Lance said today that they don't, you know, they're, he didn't practice, but they, there's nothing that's been said that makes it seem like Jalen is for sure going to be out three, four, five, six weeks, right? Unless I miss something. But uh, it's also KU has not been the most uh, open about injuries as we've seen time and time again. Uh, so it, it's scary. I think we probably don't need to just, assume that he's going to be out a long period of time i'd rather assume that yeah he's hurt maybe he doesn't play next week but i i think it would be unfair to this season to just be like yeah Jalen's probably out for the year i don't think he will be but it's not about being out for the year i guess i don't think there's ever going to be a moment where they say Jalen daniels is out for the year it's more about Jalen plays next week we look good and then the week after Jalen's out again because his back issue came up like that's the thing that sucks about back mm-hmm. Well, and it's like you mentioned it before that Lance said it. he didn't practice, but it was optimistic. I feel like they did this every week last year, too. And even to start this year with Jalen, like the news didn't come out that Jalen wasn't starting against Missouri State until Jason Bean ran out onto the field and Literally. he was clearly the one starting. So like it's they're not going to give us gone. anything. Yeah. I don't know. Even the PA announcer announced Jalen yes. Daniels as the start. So it's like yes. I, I just never know what to believe. And it's like that's – not to be selfish here, because obviously JD is dealing with an injury. He's number one concern. It kind of sucks for us, because what are we supposed to believe? What are we supposed to like have an opinion on? What is Vegas supposed to make the line for this game? Like, there's just yeah. and obviously that's gamesmanship, and I appreciate that Lance does that. But for these inconveniences, it does kind of just suck because we don't know what we're we don't know what to expect on Saturday with Jalen. I think we win by double digits with Jason Bean. It's a three point spread, and I think that should probably tell you that. Vegas doesn't know everything, but if they're setting it at three, they're basically saying, okay, these teams are equal. They both might have a backup quarterback playing. Who knows? 
And I, I don't know. Maybe they know something that we don't. Can I ask you, did you see it on Twitter first or was it Molly McGrath announcing it on the broadcast? No. So, well, I saw, I can't remember whose tweet it was. Maybe Swain? Yeah, and he was tweeting about it. I think he just kind of said, like, uh, Jason Bean has been taking snaps with the first team here for a while. I haven't seen Jalen on the field in a while, but it was funny because, like, it was Hannah's birthday. So we had a, we had people over and we were kind of just like, you know, prepping food, getting ready to sit down. And I kind of read that tweet and didn't even really like, it didn't fully hit me yet. I was kind of like, oh, I bet he's just, you know, getting, I don't know, extra tape or maybe just they rested him a little bit, didn't send him out there. And so I kind of knew it. And the second I saw her pop up on the screen and say that, I was like, oh no, I literally turned to Alan. I'm like, I forgot to tell you. Jason Bean didn't warm up with the first team. And he was, or Daniels didn't warm up. The first team was like, what? And she's like, Jalen Daniels out as of now due to a back injury. And it was just like, just the the vibe in the room went down so fast. Like mm-hmm. it, yeah. So it was brutal. So bad. So, so I don't know. I was with the, I was with a group full of like, there are four of us there. All KU, or not all KU fans, but all super locked in, dialed into football that day. None of us saw a thing. So it was just Molly McGrath ripping the bandaid off for us. All four of us. We didn't know how to react. Uh, okay. So let's, let's talk a little bit about the game because obviously, uh, actually before we do that, before we talk about the game, we got to talk about the goats, the legends, we call them home field apparel. They, I mean, we wear them all the time. I'm actually not wearing them right now. We normally have somebody wearing it, but, uh, they're great. They, they put out incredible college apparel. Um, they've got circus font, KU gear. The hoodies are fantastic. The t-shirts are soft. The, uh, the slam and jam and Jayhawks is just, I mean, they, I say it all the time. They know how to connect with a brand far better than any other company out there. They know what fans want. They know how to take a, an iconic logo with an iconic history of logos like the Jayhawk and make incredible merch with it. It's there, there's nobody that even comes close. Um, homefieldapparel.com is where you can go check them out. And again, if you got a friend that lives in like Idaho, I don't know why I always use Idaho as an example. I don't even know if they sell Idaho gear, but I think they, they got, do. Do they? That's probably why I keep using it. It's right, it's right by it's right by Kansas. So every time I go to the Kansas tag, I see Idaho right above. Yeah, I mean, if if you have a friend that went to Idaho. If you get him a home field apparel shirt or hoodie, like that's going to be the greatest gift that dude gets all year. Like that's what's amazing is all the other schools are even fire. I even like K State stuff. I like Missouri. Mm-hmm. Stuff. It's 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 just that's how good they are. That's how unique they are compared to every other piece of college merch you're going to get out there. So as always, we love home field apparel. Homefieldapparel.com. Shout out to them. We appreciate their support. We will take a quick break and be back to talk KU Tech. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. All right, so the big question is, I mean, the fourth quarter was an absolute debacle. We know that. It was awful. But KU had a chance to win that football game, and I think that's also part of what was so frustrating is – 
it's very easy at the end of that third quarter, and I was even saying it, if Jalen Daniels is on this football field, we are winning this game. Now, as the fourth quarter went on, who knows, and we'll, we'll talk about the third and inches and the fourth and inches, which truly ended that game. Um, I don't know. A.B., now that we've seen the final score, we saw how it all shook out, is it crazy to say, I guess it probably is crazy to say we would have won the game, but if Jalen Daniels plays that football game, we absolutely are in it late in that fourth quarter, I would think. I think so. Um, I They might have still lost by 14, maybe have a chance with the ball and get stops when they're down seven and Texas puts another one on, but I don't know, dude. They got their asses handed to them. Like, from kickoff to final whistle, I know the score didn't show that, but, dude, every time they showed total yards, Texas missed two field goals that, you know, they weren't gimmies, but, you know, Bird those top drives that stalled their, their turnovers. So, yeah. K, one of KU's touchdowns came on a fumble that Highshaw recovered and ran in, which is one of the coolest things I've ever seen. They got their asses handed to them. That's, I mean, I don't want to sound super negative. I know the score was close. But it felt like one of those score looks good. This it to me at least always felt like Texas was going to pull ahead in the fourth quarter. They they've kind of been doing it all year. They did it with Wyoming, um, and they just have too much firepower, man. Like you for can't sure. and like even but even when it was twenty to fourteen and KU was zero for five on third down and zero for two on fourth down or whatever it was. I mean, it it there were more there were a lot of opportunities. That's what I will say. If Jalen was in, I think we convert more of those opportunities and keep the defense off the field a little bit more. I think one way or another, we lose that game by double digits. Texas is just, they're so much more talented than we were. And we couldn't stop them to save our lives. The only time we could was when, we, when they were in the red zone and going into that game, we all knew that Texas offense or red zone in the offense. I can't even speak. Texas's offense in the red zone was like one of their big weaknesses. And that was one of the, you know, is KU's defense. That's not good in the red zone. Going to stop Texas's offense. It's not good in the red zone. We did a few times, but you just I love I love the defense. I just I don't love them enough to stop the talent on that offense. I mean every position they're just so yeah, I mean, like I said, it's probably crazy to be like, oh, we win the game, but also is there an element to it's twenty to fourteen, they've dominated every aspect of the game, but that's I feel like kind of what happens sometimes in an upset, you dominate the game, but then you miss a field goal, you miss another field goal, you have a stupid turnover, and all of a sudden this team that has no business competing, well, now they've got an All-American, they've got a great player that's going to make it hurt. And I feel like in this scenario, it's 2014, near the end of the third quarter, if if that's Jalen Daniels and he pulls off some incredible Jalen Daniels play, and we go up 21-20 heading into the fourth quarter, and now you're sitting there thinking, oh, God, it's happening again. Like, that that stadium is going to get tense. And you're probably right. They were by far the better football team. Texas is good. They're probably going to play in the college football playoff. But I just I think Jalen would have capitalized on those things that they were, you know, they weren't perfect, and they were letting us kind of hang around when we shouldn't have been. And I think Jalen, I mean, we essentially, correct me if I'm wrong, we went from the best third down team in the country to basically the worst. Mm-hmm. Right? Like I rapidly. Yeah. Yes. Like that is a big difference. And when well, you think about, yeah. Go ahead. It's also that when Jalen's in the game, we don't have a lot of third and 11s or third and tw- like 14s after a sack or a hold or something. 
it's third and two, and those are a lot easier for especially an offense like ours to pick up because the playbook's just wide open. I also, again, I don't know that it changes the outcome, but God, just think about the coaching staff and offense in general involved where they're like planning all week. And we said it last week on the show, this is going to be the week that they just throw everything out there. Nothing to lose. You're going you, huge underdogs, creative offensive coordinator, a quarterback that can do all of that for him. That's what they're planning on all week. And then during team warmups, I mean, we can speculate how Daniels or when Daniels got hurt based on Instagram posts and everything, but it's just Bean can't do a lot of that stuff. And it, it almost felt like sometimes during the game, even with play calling, that they were trying to do Jalen Daniels play calls with Jason Bean at quarterback when from the start, they were when they ran the ball, it seemed to work. Like that kind of annoyed me. I don't know if you guys were talking about that there, but it felt like, you know, Dev popped off a what, 15 yard run to start the game. I'm like, all right, let's go. Keep doing seven that. More carries the rest of the way. Right. Jalen's the best player on the team, but if he's out, Devin Neal, by far the best player, most talented. Keep feeding him. Like, that's your guy. Trust your horses when you have to. And I know I'm talking in circles right now. I'm sorry. I'm just a little frustrated, but we haven't talked about a loss in a while. Um, so, but yeah, that was just something I noticed, and I was hoping you guys did too. And I wasn't just a sourpuss about Jalen. Well, yeah, I mean, it was just infuriating because nothing was working. Like, and I think the and we've said this before. We said it after the bowl game, and it is a very hard discussion to have because it's going to come off like we are hating on Jason Bean. And you said it. I'll say it. Jason Bean is a top ten quarter backup quarterback in the country, probably. Like based on. The amount of games he's played in, the amount of games he, you know, he has, he's got the reps. But you, the thing that stands out the most about Jason Bean compared to Jalen Daniels is just the decision making. It's just not even close. And in an offense that requires the quarterback to make a lot of good decisions and make a lot of reads the right way. Bean just did not have that at all. And maybe it was, I mean, an element of that could be Texas being very good. But he just, but even like the, and we, it's kind of funny, but like him scrambling where he's got a first down almost. Oh, he dives and takes a hit and he sprints to the outside like he's playing mad. Like, I, it's those things where I don't know if he's scared of a big hit. He had just fumbled, (laughs) which, by the way, the fumble play was incredible. But has there ever been a moment where it was more obvious a guy was about to fumble that football than that moment where Bean is sprinting? And just you see the Texas guy. I was like, yep, here we go. And it worked out perfectly. But I, I think that somewhat maybe messed with him. He just, he's super talented. I love him for coming back. I love that he's our backup quarterback. But it, as it normally does, when you see a backup compared to a starter, it it's stunning how much you see a difference in just simply decision-making at quarterback. Mm-hmm. And that was just what was so frustrating. The 0 for 8 on third downs, the missed throws. But I don't know. What were your thoughts on being over? I mean, do you have any other thoughts on being overall? Um. Not a whole lot more in the scramble. I completely blacked that play out of my mind. But I think I it's tough because against Texas, it looks like he's the dumbest person in the room. If he does that last week against BYU, 
he might break to the outside and score a touchdown on the damn That's thing. Insane. So like, yeah, and it's it, the, that Texas team's probably the best team that he's personally played against in college. Like he's not used to seeing NFL guys all over the field. So maybe he just thought, oh, I can get around this guy. I've done it three times before. I did against Oklahoma State last year. It works in conference. I'll do it right now. Obviously, that's part of the decision-making. Take the five yards, stay alive, get another first down, fresh set of downs, and keep moving. Not every play has to be a home run. I think that was – maybe I mean, I'm speculating too. It's not like I talked to Jason Bean after the game. But that kind of, to me, felt like he's seen it happen before against lesser competition. He just tried to do too much. But, I mean, even what's going on in his head. Obviously, guys are always prepping to play, especially given Jalen's health over the past two years. But, I mean, he wasn't expecting to play all week. Maybe a yeah, gadget player too. Like it's like an hour before kickoff, he finds out he's playing. Like I can't imagine walking into that building with a hundred thousand people in it against that team with that roster, and all of a sudden all eyes are on you because the star quarterback's out. Like mental, and I overall I don't think people think about the mental side of sports enough. Like not to get deep. I don't want this to be like oh they have mental health issues. It's not that. It's like just the thought process of simple things, not simple, but guys being out. Okay. Now my whole role changes. That's not something you can just stand up and be like, all right, let's go after prepping for a month, expecting not to play. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it's honestly funny and why I love KU's fan base, but like, not only did you, like you said, it's a hundred thousand people in the stadium. We're four. No, there's hype around the game, but the funniest part about it all is KU fans convinced ourselves we could win the game. We were 16-point dogs, and by kickoff, minutes before she comes on with the breaking news, I had just talked myself into us winning that football game. Like, that's how, call it delusional, how broken our brain is at this point. I don't know, but it's also the power of how awesome Jalen Daniels is, and, like, I will never count us out in any game where Jalen Daniels our quarterback. So, like, Bean had that element, too, where it was like, we showed up to Texas, I think, the team, the fans, not expecting to get blown out. Like, we wanted to walk in there and win the football game. Like, it was a new vibe around Kansas football that, like, we could actually show up and compete in this type of football game. And that's why it was just such a brutal uh, start to just know you've got to go into it with that. And think about how we felt. Well, now you're Jason Bean, and you've got, kind of like you said, that feeling of, well, I did not mentally prepare for this last night. You know, he's mm-hmm. he's going to bed, not worried about the game, really. He's just kind of chilling. And now he's in the biggest spot of the season by far. And that's hard. That's really hard, um, especially when you didn't get to prep for it all week like um, you would. So, sucks. Um, last, not I guess not last thing, but like the what I said earlier, third and inches, fourth and inches, that's where the game was over. I've never seen a game more obviously end in a six-point game than it did right there that moment late in the third quarter. Okay, I've got to ask a question because I am not a knowledgeable guy when it comes to football, when it comes to like the actual you know schematics of football. It's always it's drove me crazy forever. Why, when you have inches? Do you put yourself in the shotgun and add two yards to it when you're going against Texas? Like, and I know Jason Mead is not Jalen Hurts. He can't get down there and do a tush push and get him an auto first down. 
I just, oh my God, it just, it, it blows my mind how difficult, even just sitting there watching us in shotgun, getting ready to snap that or pistol, whatever it was, getting ready to sh- snap that ball. Like it looked so difficult for us to get, nobody felt good about us getting that first out. So why is it? I, I, I don't know, Ryan, and it really makes me mad because I, I know you're not a diehard. I deal with it on every goddamn Sunday too because the Chiefs and Andy Reid, we have Andy Reid and Andy Kotelnicki who we talk about as some of the greatest offensive minds in football. And they can't figure out third and one, fourth and one. Cons- like, I don't know about consistently for KU. They're all f- obviously really good on third down. But again, just like the whole schematics of it, you're adding two, three yards. I get momentum. You know, you hand it off to the back. But everything's so long developing and it's like, to me, I kind of view it uh, yesterday afternoon, Washington scores to get within one with no time left against the Eagles. Go for two. Shorten the game. Like, you're not going to beat this team. They're better than you. Just shorten the game and go for two. If you lose on that, you can, you know, whatever. We tried. If you win, awesome. My thought with, like, those short conversions, why are you making it harder on yourself? Why Why does it have to be cute? Why can't it be bread and butter, Devin Neal up the middle? He, I guarantee Devin Neal gets a yard. I guarantee you. Neal or even, I mean, Highshaw yeah. out of the stadium, but Highshaw will take a hit. I mean, that dude will fight for every yard. Sometimes it doesn't go well, but huh? he's he fights hard for every single yard. Like, that was, I was sitting there thinking, like, I would have rather, if we are going to go shotgun, I would rather just direct snap it to Highshaw and let him just go to war. Like, and I know Adam it's so easy to say this because there were some people, you know, sharing a screenshot of it and it's like if if bean makes the right decision the right read on third down it's a first down and maybe 15 yards like but my point and we were talking about this while we were watching the game is it's like you're putting to me we've seen chase and bean make decisions that aren't always right and it's hard it's hard to make the right decisions especially like we've said but to me it's like why are we then putting these two plays, the biggest plays of the game, we're making it come down to him making the right decision. And I know he's the quarterback and you got to trust him and you can't just abandon um, the plays that work for your system. But that's what I, people that were saying, well, yeah, it would have worked if Jason Bean made the right decision. And it's hard to make the right decision in those moments. So, yeah, well, I don't know. I had something in my mind. I forgot what I was going to say. I'm so sorry. No, it, uh, Oh, I got it now. Fire. The tight the tight end room on the team. Like you can't put it again if we do direct snap to Highshaw. Jared Casey in front of him. Mason Fairchild in front of him. I'll just hit my mic and drop it. And just follow them. Like you have seven huge dudes in front of you. It just it has to be more comp. We have to be missing something because it feels like casual football fans like us who know nothing about the X's and O's complain about this every week. Well, here's then. Nick just said it in the chat, and I've heard this before, and I think it legitimately is correct. Like, Jason Bean sits back there and takes snaps all day and from shotgun, and then you get down there and have to take an actual under-the-center snap, and it's, I guess, probably very different, very difficult, maybe for the center and the quarterback. I don't know. It brings fumble into play. I can I can see that, but... So it's an all It just... Yeah. It, guess what? We fumble. So... Uh, yeah, it sucks. Um, okay, let's let's take last break. We'll we'll come back. We can talk a little UCF. 
talk a little, um, I don't know, future for this season. Maybe maybe cry about Cooper Flag a little bit, and then we'll mm-hmm. wrap thing up. So we'll be right back. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. So, yeah, I mean, the Texas game, it is what it is. I, like you said, we really did get our asses handed to us. And, at the, and if Jalen Daniels played, I mean, I guess, tell me this. Would you rather be sitting here where we're at right now, coming off that, what was it, 40-14? Was that the final? Yeah. Uh, would you rather, let's say that Jalen Daniels doesn't get hurt and he plays the whole game and we lose 40-14. to 14. Are you feeling worse right now than we are currently without knowing the future of Jalen? Or do you feel better because Jalen's healthy and we just healthy and we just lost to a good Texas team? It is what it is. We were 16-point dogs. We didn't cover whatever. Like what, what was the – is it better to do it this way to still have kind of that wonder of, well, we still haven't lost with Jalen? It's annoying because we're now at like 30 minutes where it's like, well, Jalen made the difference and I don't want to do those podcasts. You don't want to do those types of podcasts. Like, But it's much better than looking at the screen and realizing Jalen Daniels is in and we're 0 for 8 on third down. Like the things that we're normally good at if we were struggling at with Jalen under center or behind center, I guess, um, I think I'd be like way more concerned. But now it's like, now I'm concerned for a different reason, I guess. So I I don't know. I mean, I think we would have been able to handle getting blown out by Texas regardless of who was playing. We've seen that once or twice, including last year, and I don't even think we talked about it last year. But, yeah. It was – 
It's definitely one of those things where, like, after the game, as the night went on, I just kept, like, telling myself, like, whatever. We're 4-1, and one and we lost on the road to the top three team in the country. Like, that is, simply simply put, that is where we're at. We are 4-1. and one. We lost to a top three team in the country on the road without our starting quarterback. If our quarterback comes back this week, all is great in mm-hmm. Kansas football world, I think. And so, we'll see. We probably literally will not know until the first snap on Saturday, which is... Um, but let's talk a little UCF. You mentioned it earlier. Uh, we're three point favorites. Is that still still accurate? I saw someone tweet that last night. Um, I haven't looked at it today, but I would assume I don't really unless there's major money coming in on it. I don't know if Vegas really has a reason to change it yet. And Nick or someone may know this, but I guess it would have to be you or Nick. Um. Their quarterback not for sure playing at all, right? Very possible he doesn't play. Yeah, I saw on the slant that he was practicing this week um, or practiced yesterday or something or today. Um, but I, I don't know. People a brutal have... turn of events if he yeah. plays and uh, Jalen does it. When last week we're like, mm, we might get a backup quarterback. Like, mm-hmm. can we get that? I want that luck. Um, what so, else, like... How do we even talk about a game where neither team knows who's starting at the most important position on the field? It's like last week I was so pumped. I was watching so many KU versus Texas preview videos and just old highlights and stuff. And now it's this week and I'm just only thing I'm going to be doing is, okay, well, who's playing? Who's not playing? What's actually going to happen? It's like you can't even look forward to the game because you're more worried about who's going to be playing in the game. So is it unfair of me to say even if Jason Bean plays this game, that we should win. Let's say they're okay. I guess let's look at it two ways. Let's say Plumley doesn't play. We've got to win, even if it's Jason Bean, right? No excuses. I'm not. If we're going to call Jason Bean a top ten backup quarterback in the country, which may be absurd that we're doing that, I don't know. This is you got to win these games. This is where you the luxury of having that good of a backup quarterback has to come into play. And you've got to win this game. I would even argue that even if Plumley plays, you've got Devin Neal. You've got just dudes back from a team. You've got, again, Jason Bean, a guy that's played in a lot of football games. There's no reason to think we can't go win this game without or with Jason Bean, even if Plumley does play, who's probably going to be rusty. And it's not like UCF's a wagon with him. I don't know. No, this is a this is a UCF team that just blew a thirty-five to ten fourth quarter lead against Baylor, uh, who is widely considered one of the worst teams in the Big Twelve. Uh, that's like a that's like a demoralizing big time. season type loss. The way it all happened, first of all, the announcer in that game with that UCF. I don't. Were you watching it? We watched like the last minute, so we missed. Perfect. Perfect. That's all I watched too. When the UCF quarterback was scrambling, I think it was the Hornets announcer. The it was the Hornets announcer, yes. And this UCF quarterback scrambling around, and this guy is so fired. And it was a sick play. Do not get me wrong. But this Baylor UCF fourth quarter attempt to come back drive, he was treating it like it was Mahomes versus Brady in the Super Bowl. It, it was amazing. I love it. I love that energy. I really do. People love Gus Johnson. And did I hear... Are there murmurs that Gus Johnson's maybe not elite at calling football? I don't want to catch strays here. People love Gus Johnson, but like I've heard mumbling rumbles that 
he might not be very good at announcing football. Thoughts? He's much better at college basketball. In fact, that's that's a that's something we do not talk about enough that affects us every year, multiple times a year, in my eyes. Um, the fact that Gus Johnson, when he left CBS, not only did he leave the NCAA tournament, but he left the NFL. And I thought him on the NFL was good because college can get chaotic and it's just like, it sometimes doesn't even look like football at times. There was a Hail Mary in like a Jaguars game 15 years ago that just Gus Johnson called. My favorite thing I've ever heard. He's just better than Batista. <laughs> this guy's, I, I, but college wise, I think that's been a growing trend since that's all he does now. He's, he does a little college basketball on FS1, but no one really watches those games. Yeah. And he does one college football game a week. And usually it's a pretty big game. Usually it's a pretty high scoring game and it can be a lot. Those games are long. That's like four straight hours of him screaming at you. I, I'm not against him yet, but I don't think it's, it's crazy. The internet, yeah. you're never safe. Nobody's. Never. I mean, I never thought I'd see the day where Gus Johnson is getting somewhat dragged for sucking and being an announcer. But you know who's great and will one day also get canceled? It's I think it's Eric Collins, the Hornets guy. The I mean, he he's the one that called that UCF play. He's the one that called the high shell run. Last year against Duke, he's electric. But anyways, wow, quite the tangent we went on there. Um, UCF, I it it feels like a very big. Uh, it sounds cheesy, corny, but like it feels like a very very big game that could determine whether or not this is a game a season where we're praying to win six games or. Even if Jalen doesn't play, if we find a way to win and then Jalen comes back for Oklahoma State, all of a sudden, I mean, imagine the vibes. We sneak out a win with Jalen quarterback and then Jalen mm-hmm. back at Oklahoma State. Oh, my God. Nine wins is back on, boys. For sure. Be- that's exactly. That's why this game's so big. Oklahoma State is trash. They are huge dogs at home to K-State this week in a primetime game. They're just not very good at the sport. And like you said, swing game here. You win the next two, you're six and one with OU coming to town, coming off a bye. Um, that could be like a, one of those special booth environments, I feel like. Six and one, you're probably ranked in the top, definitely the top 20 at that point, maybe top 15 if you're six and one. Um, but that's a huge matchup. That's game day worthy. I've been talking about it for weeks. You're six and one, man. They're coming back. Like, it's, it's crazy how fast this roller coaster can spin you around because if we lose to UCF, and Bean plays, and we still don't know anything about Jalen, we'll absolutely envision a scenario where we lose at Oklahoma State. Next thing you know, you're 3-3 three and three with a top 15 Oklahoma team coming to town. Now it's panic time to even make a bowl game. And it's our head coach next year. Like, that's the type right. of panic. Like, well, and that's why I said, like, this UCF game feels very big. And maybe absolutely. it's just idiots like us who love to overreact, but that's – we're in the podcasting business. That's what you do. You overreact. And – yeah, if we lose to UCF with no clear answer on Jalen, you can bet your ass that people are going to be panicking about not only one making a bowl, but two uh, Lance leaving for Michigan State. And we don't have to get into, I guess. I do have a question about that. Yeah. It seemed like Saturday, those, I didn't see any. I was very offline on Saturday most of the day. Was there another story that came out, or was it just like more of people reacting to Bruce Feldman? I think tweeted it Friday. 
uh, that it was Lance and Elko as their top two on their list or whatever he said. Um, was there more that came out, more people saying Lance, like more inside sources coming out before the game? Or was it just people like, oh my God, here we go again. It's being talked about again. I think you, uh, I don't think there was a new story that came out. No, I think it was more of just the chain reaction of people talking about fan support and uh, the email off sent out to donors. We got to talk about uh, that. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be controversial in a way. I think our takes on it, but um, it's a weird, weird spot because Travis Goff and B-Turn and Bry and Byrne and all those guys that were tweeting about like better, they're 100% right. They are 100% right. We've got, you know, students need to be staying for the whole game, right? That is what this team deserves. They, they totally deserve it. But what I almost didn't, what I don't love about it is like we forget that these do these kids, these college students have never known what a comp not just a a good call they don't know what a competent Kansas mm-hmm. football program looks like up until last year. Like their entire life. We have been the worst football program in I mean their entire like post toddler year. And so I almost feel because I've been very impressed. The student turnout at the beginning of the games has been very impressive. awesome, mm-hmm. awesome. And I totally get it. Like you leave at halftime, you go to a tailgate, you grab a drink, and next thing you know, your friends are saying, "Eh, let's let's just stay here and watch the game. Let's go to a bar and watch the game." Sucks. That's the truth of the matter. I'm not gonna be one though. That's like shaming the students for not being all of a sudden just die hard every living and dying on every single second because how I mean that's not something you can just trick your brain into becoming when you haven't been you haven't seen it whereas like we when we were we saw the Orange Bowl year we saw how fun it was to be a KU football fan at one point they really have not and so it it sucks because, like I said, they're right. We need – I mean, if you want Lance – Lance clearly cares about fan base getting involved, the donors stepping up. Uh, he does. There's no doubt about it. But there is just like this – I don't know. I'm just rambling at this point. What are your thoughts on it? No, I agree. And, like, more on them not ever seeing competent football. They just have no connection to the program. Like, the students – that yeah, they go to KU, and I'm sure a lot of them have a lot of pride if their team's doing well. But with basketball, obviously the basketball team is, I mean, it's one of the, if not the best program in the country all time. Obviously there's built up emotion and caring for that team. You see it every year. With football, there were games where there were literally 175 people in the stadium. Like, there should, it was always a joke. It was an afterthought. It was a, yeah, we'll go to the tailgate, might catch the first quarter, and then we're going to go. I was like that, and I'm a diehard sports fan. Like, it's yeah. there should, there was, there's been no opportunity for these people to create a connection. You said the Orange Bowl year. These freshmen and sophomore were two, three, four years old when that happened. Like, that was a long time ago. All yeah. they have seen are teams win fewer than three games up until last year. So it's hard to tell those same people, hey, come commit two hours of tailgate and four hours for the game. That's a full Saturday almost. And for college kids, you crave those weekends. Like, I I don't know. So I just thought the whole, I get what he's saying. 
Like, obviously, we want the stadium full the whole time. No one likes getting on Twitter after the game saying, sold out, a lot of seats, a lot of empty seats for a sellout. Da, 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 da. Yeah. But that letter in itself almost just felt like you're just like, and I know this is a really stupid take because at the end of the day, this isn't what they're worried about. But it's just, it set a joke up on a tee for all the people that hate KU. And now every time we're talking about fan support, they're just going to send, oh, well, your AD doesn't even think you guys support the team well enough. And it's just like, I, I didn't need that in my life. Yeah, and it 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 sounds so lame to be like it's there's kind of a middle ground, but Travis Goff has to. I mean, that's his job, and for he, sure, yeah. And like he, if he thinks it needs to improve and can't, he he knows it can improve. I mean, we the fan base is a great fan base, and it's more than students, right? I think that was kind of the thing that also was weird to me. It felt like it became really easy to pick on the students. I don't even know why I'm dying on this hill. Like, obviously, people go to the games, support the team, stay for the game when they're winning. (laughs) If they're losing, stay for the game. But I also just, like, it feels we're in year two of being competent again. And we're still, I mean, the Illinois atmosphere was electric. I wasn't even there. I was a, you know, We'll talk the whole wedding thing, but still, like it was incredible to see the students. And so it's like hard for me to sit here and pretend to be negative about fan support because it's just so much different than what I mean. We've been going to these games for the last decade, we've seen the bad. And so it's hard for me to be like negative um, about the fan support because I, I never thought I would see this day. Really, I truly thought there were moments where I was like, KU football will never get back to being competent enough to see a even remotely close to full stadium. So, mm-hmm. sucks. Um, I guess it doesn't suck. Like, it's fine. Fans are... Yeah. <laughs> show out Saturday, and I think they will. And if we win that game, like we just said, we are going to be very back. We're going to be excited. One, because either Jalen played, or two, because Jason Bean played, and we won with Jason Bean. Um, so I don't know any other thoughts on, on that UCF, uh, uh, I am very excited for one thing. This doesn't have anything to do with the game, with football, with friends. Um, the high in Lawrence on Saturday is like 63 degrees, dude. I can't explain to you how excited I am for an actual fall day at a football stadium, drinking beers. Watch another football before strolling over. Stop because I've even told you where I'm going Saturday. What? I'm going. You're going in Birmingham, Alabama, for a wedding. Dude, we're never going to a game together this year. We're just not going to. I don't even want to check the temperature in Birmingham, Alabama. I got you. Don't even tell me. Just kidding. It's I, I assume it's got to start to be cooling down there, but all I can picture is like you guys vibing at 70 degree weather. Your Puka's family is probably going to come back. It's going to be a hell of a day, and I'm going to be getting attacked by bugs in the 100 degree weather in Alabama in, in a suit at a wedding. Hey, I was, to be fair, I was with you a couple weeks ago. Do you know people at this wedding? Or is it like uh, it's my fiance's cousin, so I should probably like you know be careful here. But <laughs> mine was my girlfriend's friend's sister, and not only I didn't know anyone. Oh, that's tough. 
Yeah. I didn't know anyone. She really didn't know anyone either. Literally, our whole dinner table was empty. Yeah, that's why I watch KUBY. There was no service. There was one spot at that place that had phone service. So just be prepared for the worst if the game's close. What time is the wedding at? Brutal. It's uh, I don't even know. I think probably the wedding starts like two, three o'clock. So I'll be at that for the. I don't know. I know no details, but like, yeah, I, there's no way anyone in Birmingham, Alabama, at a wedding is going to give a single shit about Kansas. <laughs> yeah, so it's no. like. What am I going to, hey, uh, Alabama fans, can we get this Tuscaloosa or can we get this Alabama game off and flip to Kansas UCF? Like, it's like showing up at a Lawrence bar or a Lawrence wedding and being like, hey, can you throw on UCF basketball? Like, it, there's no chance. I will. Let's pray service is good. I don't know. It's just tough scene. Tough scene for me to come to every KU football home game the last decade for the most part. And here we are, great, and it's just wedding season going absolutely crazy. You know what you have not asked me about, AB? What's up? Did, did we talk about this? I'm having your fall wedding. Yeah, having- dude. What are, I, I, I'm actually glad you brought this up. I felt so betrayed by you when you sent that tweet to me, dude. You were the one. You were the leader. It's like, I want you- just, if Bill Self just is like, yeah. I mean, he kind of did this. He said, fuck Mizzou for so long and then played him. But, like, we all wanted that. You don't – I'm, I'm, I'm going to be careful with what I ask because I don't want your true feelings to go out on the internet and then start a fight at home. So I'm not going to do that. Good. Uh, here's the thing. You you tell me, what am I – I'm sitting down, fresh off, proposing. We're excited for our wedding. And she I'll hits me with, uh, hey, I would love – to get married in September. I always have dreamed of a fall wedding. Not, I mean, she didn't really say that, but yeah, she wanted to have a fall wedding. What am I supposed to say? Actually, Hannah, um, me and AB like to tweet ban fall weddings, hashtag ban fall weddings. So therefore, we can't do it. Sorry, we're going to have to look at July. Yeah, but it wasn't a conversation before. Yes, it was. She didn't care. It's it's you couldn't throw out the second weekend of April, you know, third weekend of April, excuse me, post masters, post final four. Uh, no, or I feel like April is just not a wedding thing, and it's just beautiful flowers. Yeah, I don't know, rain. It's good luck. It listen, we're gonna get lucky. It's gonna be road game at UCF. That's what I've talked myself into. We've been at home this weekend, the last two seasons. We're due for a road game. Um, so tough. Yeah. feel like I betrayed the Banfall Weddings train. Trust you me. You did. Yeah. I may tweet it's... it on my wedding day. That that may be a thing. Make that your caption on Instagram the next day. Um, I will say this. I'm not only frustrated with you. I'm not really frustrated with anyone. I'm not ever going to actually be pissed that someone's getting married on a day that I get you football plays or something. Like that's, for being realistic, that's crazy. I get that. What I'm frustrated with is that in 2019, on that third weekend in September, I had a wedding. In 2021, I had a we- met wedding that weekend. 2022, I had a wedding that weekend. 2023, I had a wedding that weekend. For the last five years, and then now next year, five of the last six, the only one I didn't was COVID, and nothing was happening. I was probably in your backyard, you know, throwing a football around with James. Like, I, I'm just, it's, it's becoming a little overwhelming. And those are like the only weddings I go to. Like, if we take those weddings out, it's probably like two weddings I've been to in the last five years. But every other wedding I go to is on that 
See, that's the thing. Like, you're going to hit a moment. Like, I'm a year older than you, so maybe, like, I've hit that moment where it's like, I've had four in the last six weeks. Oh, we got we got a lot coming up. Just knowing in my friend groups really. Yeah, it's just like we had our first friend group wedding last year. I think part of the thing is like the band fall weddings train. It's it's a it's a battle you can't win, and I learned that starting last year, and then I learned again. When I just see the invites come rolling in and it's like, oh, that's KU home game. Yes, KU home game. I mean, it, it's over. These are the years, 28 through 32, 33, bachelor parties, wedding. I mean, it's just, you're busy nonstop. And you you, you stop fighting for, for spring and summer weddings, unfortunately. Summer's kind of tough, too. So hot. Yeah. Yeah. So, um. I don't know. Calls. I mean, yeah. this doesn't have to be a full conversation on the pod, but how much when she brought up September, was there any fight back from you or pushback from you? Or are you like, oh, it's not even worth starting. We'll just do it and rip the band aid off? Because uh, it is it is the September song day. If I that's the thing, like that was tough for me to like September 21st is a banger wedding date. So it was kind of like, oh, okay. Um, and we had just talked. I mean, we had talked about it prior. Like, it had been something for, like, a year leading up. That, like, I already knew she wanted a fall wedding. So it wasn't like, you know, it was, I had lost the battle. Yes, uh, trust me, for a year straight, was I making comments like, eh, I can't do fall. What if KU has a big game? She's like, I mean, it, it was clear I was not winning the battle. There was just, you, you, it's one thing we sign up for. When we get married, we're going to lose a lot of battles. And that's okay. Um, I guess yeah, I'm not wrong. Unless it's KU Texas and it's college game day, then we'll make backup plans for the wedding. We'll, we'll move dates. Just kidding. Um, I'll, I'll give you live updates with my hands. Just, hey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. I mean, we'll have, we'll have that thing fired up if we need to. Um, well, that's the other thing. Cause now it starts a whole nother can of worms. It's like, are you allowed to have TVs at the week? Cause we've talked about this before when we did the worst places to watch a game draft and one of my picks was a wedding because even if you do watch it, then you have everyone around you watching the game instead of enjoying the wedding. So like, again, but it's a lot of heavy KU wedding. I just, I don't think, I think it'll be fine. That's what you'll get baby yeah. Jay coming straight from the booth to the venue. Yeah. Willie, the wildcat. I love, I mean, this is the, we don't talk about it enough. How, uh, weird it is that Willie the Wildcat shows up to every K-State wedding. But anyways, um, hashtag get Willie a body. Um, okay. Yeah, that is all I've got. We'll be back next week, hopefully talking. Actually, B-Term might be back later this week. I don't know. Stay tuned for that. Um, but thank you for listening. Let's hope vibes are much higher because Jalen Daniels comes back and leads the Hawks to a win over UCF. So thank you for listening. Rock Chalk. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.